Hey, it's Aidan here. Just before we get into today's episode, I wanted to let you know about something new. It's called the Magician's Business Group. We've just opened up a Facebook group designed to help you guys as entertainers grow and improve your entertainment business. So if that is you, if you are an entertainer that wants help growing and improving your entertainment business, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash group and the magic of the internet will take you right there. Or if you're like me, have the Facebook app on your phone, open it up and search for the Magician's Business Group and you'll go straight there. Anyways, back to the episode. Hello and welcome to episode 26 of the Successful Mentalist podcast. The podcast designed to teach you the tips, the tricks, the methods, the strategies to growing your entertainment business, improving your performances and also levelling up your mindset. My name is Aidan O'Sullivan, and I'm joined by my very good friend and co-host, Ashley Green. Hello, wonderful people. Wow. Uh, for, for everybody who couldn't see that, we just had a really exaggerated, over-the-top, cheery smile, massive wave. That was fabulous, and I feel a little bit better now I've seen that. So today we're talking about a really interesting topic, how to learn magic. But before we get into that, Ashley... What have we been up to? Yeah, um, I'm going to be honest, guys. I can't believe what we've actually done in the past week. I mean, Aidan, both me and you have just been sat doing our thing and then just so happened to lecture at one of the biggest magic conventions in the world, the Masters of Magic uh, convention, alongside like Richard Turner, Jeff McBride and various other celebrity magicians from around the world. And then... They came to see us doing the boring mentalism lecture. But it didn't just stop there, did it? That was literally the start of the craziest weekend. So following on from that, like our numbers across our social media have shot up. You guys have gone absolutely crazy. You've been following, subscribing. You've been doing so much of this amazing stuff that we really, really appreciate. But again, it didn't even stop there because we just hit the biggest number of downloads per day on our podcast ever. Let me say that again. We have just hit, thanks to you guys, the biggest number of downloads per day ever, which is crazy. Like Since we launched our All About The Tricks live lecture series, those numbers doubled naturally, which is amazing to see. But this weekend, we doubled our biggest performing day yet. This is just ridiculous. Huge thank you to everybody who's listening. This is just nuts. This is nuts. It's insane. And you know what the best part is, Aiden? It didn't even stop there, man. There was more. Aiden's doing his All About the Tricks Witch Hand Lecture. And it was a double sellout. Again, 70 tickets gone. Madness. This is just absolutely nuts. Like, thank you guys. Like, I, I don't even know where to go with this. This is just crazy. The, the support has been nothing but overwhelming. And, um, yeah, it, ugh, mental. Six months. This is, this is in six months. This is honestly the best way to have spent our six-month birthday of the podcast and TSM as overall. It's, yeah, it's just, just crazy. It's bloody fantastic. And with that, and with that massive news, should we get on with uh, talking about how to learn today? 
let's do that. Let's let's teach you guys how to learn. Perfect. So, Adam, how do you learn? <laughs> what a fantastic lead-in. Uh, yeah, so learning magic is actually something really, really interesting because it's not spoken about anywhere. So when you think about this and you boil it down, when was the last time that you even learned how to learn? It's a meta skill that nobody really pays attention to. The last time you probably learned how to learn was in school, like in primary or secondary school or young from a young age. That's That's it. You don't learn how to learn from then. For example... When was the last time you learned how to read? People don't. People just don't learn how to read. So that's why things like speed reading courses, like, I, I mean, I'm now speed read. I've got a stupidly fast words per minute reading speed because I learned how to read faster. And that helps me do a load of things. For example, it means I can get through more of my magic books now. I can revisit my magic books without being slow and having to spend ages and it takes me a month to get through one book. No, actually, I can get through an entire magic book in a couple of days now. And it, it's just amazing to realise that we don't learn how to learn. So that's what that's what this episode is. So that is, there's your little bit of intro, your little waffly bit from Aiden at the start. How do we learn? More importantly, actually, before we go into the depths of this, should you keep learning? Yes. Simple as yes, that. Yes, you should. Simple as that. So there's a, a thing at the minute, again, actually, I'm sure you could riff on this a little bit as well, but there's a huge question mark in the magic world of, oh my God, I need to stop buying magic. Or I need to stop buying more books or more mentalism DVDs or whatever the heck may be. Like, I need to stop buying more and learning more. I think that's a bad thing. And here's why. By constantly accumulating new information, whether that's through new books or new items and, and whatever you might be interested in, you are giving yourself the opportunity to learn more about a trick, a, a plot, a method, a different type of presentation or a, or a new technique or a set of principles, whatever the case may be. You're giving yourself and your brain this knowledge that you can use across all of your magic and mentalism. And this is why people, when I show people my bookshelf, people are like, oh my God, that's crazy. You've got some of the, the, the craziest books on there. Well, it's intentional because I know that's where the value is. And I know that that's, that's so important. So as Ashley said, like, no, you should never stop learning. Even if it means that your partner is gonna go a little bit crazy. Um, you've got full permission from the TSM guys to keep buying magic. Lovely. Thanks, Aiden. I'm going to tell my girlfriend that. Hey there, guys. It's Aiden here from the Successful Mentalist podcast. Just interrupting for a quick second to say thanks for listening. Now, of course, if you have just got a few moments, bring out your phones, whack the, the little subscribe button on. Um, yep, you know, the one that says subscribe. Just press that button. And again, you're going to get updates from Every time that we drop a new episode, you'll get those notifications straight into your mobile device or wherever you're listening to us. And again, it'll help boost our stats and get us out to more magicians and entertainers across the world, which is exactly what we want. Anyway, I'm going to leave you to go back to the podcast now, but make sure you subscribe. Do it. Do it. My real question, though, is should you be buying individual tricks because if we're looking at this books or these dvds 
there are a plethora of resources. There's loads of stuff that you can learn in a single book. Whereas if you're buying a new trick, which is just a gimmick and a couple of instructions, should you even do that in the first place? What are your thoughts, Ashley? Yes and no. That's lovely and helpful. This just got complicated, didn't it? Okay, let me start. I, You know, with everything you say, yeah, it's, it's great to be able to buy this stuff and it's great to learn about it because if anything, you're not wasting your money, you're investing in your career, you're investing in yourself and there's no better thing to invest in than yourself and your career, right? Exactly. If you can get all of this knowledge and like... Yeah, even if you buy one trick, if it's like this crazy gimmicky thing or this crazy new thing, or for example, the one trick being my hand stick lecture or your witch hand, that's one trick, right? But there's, I mean, especially in ours, there's other stuff like all the subtleties and that. But for example, just like a bog standard trick, you might take the, the gimmick, you might look at the way it's done, you might look at the resource and you might think, I'm never going to perform that but you still know how it's done, you still know how it's presented, and that might inspire you or affect uh, another thing later down the line. You might be doing a stage show and think, ah, ah, hang on a minute, what did I buy back in 2011? Perfect. And and without purchasing it, like that idea would have never come about. We was chatting to one of our students the other day, actually. Um, well, this was, uh, yeah, no, yesterday. And, and he was saying he had this great premise, but he couldn't fill in the method. And the method comes from like reading all of these other stuff and like combining the knowledge, being able to flick through these different things and being inspired, maybe creating a new thing or taking existing ideas to fill the void to be able to create an entire trick because he had the presentation, but he didn't know how to actually make it work and how to do the magic trick behind the the effect kind of thing. So yes, yes, it's, it's worth buying as much as you can, even if you're not going to use it. However, I think the problem comes when it's just commercial magic being sold. That's where the problem is. Because sometimes a lot of effects are just the same. They're the same as the one before. They're the same as the one before that. And sometimes people can fall into a trap. And I think this is what happens with a lot of magicians and a lot of mentalists. They buy stuff. They buy a trick. And it's just laid out and it's like, you perform it like this, job done. And it actually inhibits that creativity. So yes, although you're investing in yourself and your career, you're also inhibiting it stuff because you're you're served this one thing on a plate and you're served the presentation, the creative ideas, you're, you're served the entire package and you in that moment follow the path of at least resistance and you think, this is what I've bought, I must present it like this, job done. That's where there's a problem. I completely agree. That makes sense. Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. And it's one of the reasons that I know uh, a bunch of other performers previously have released projects that are a, a fantastic project with just the methods, really, and they've been devoid of presentations. They've intentionally taken out their presentations just so that you can get the method, like, this is the crux of this trick dress it up however you like and that's a really useful thing but just quickly it reminds me of a of a quote i can't remember the exact place i heard this quote but so i'll do some research and i'll make sure that this is in the show notes which again you guys should definitely always be checking out we're going through and we're time stamping all of these episodes now so you can jump backwards and forwards to your favorite parts but i'll put the i'll put the full 
quote in there, but it's the idea that an expanded mind can never shrink. An expanded mind can never shrink. Once you've learned all of this information, you've got all of this information to hand. So as you said, you gave the example of when you're writing something and think, oh my gosh, what was this trick I learned back in 2011? You'll have this connection. You'll be able to make these connections because you now know a product and you know all of the method behind it once you've watched it once. You'll never really forget the method. It's just not the way it works. But you're completely right. It's it's fine lining that approach between buying magic for the sake of a cool trick or buying magic with a reason, with a purpose, with an intention to get something more out of it. For example, again, to give the example that you mentioned, like our lectures are all about the tricks lectures, which hand and the handstick. Do you want to go and buy the handstick lecture because you want to be able to do a cool handstick as a trick? Or do you want to go and buy the handstick lecture because you want to get a fundamental understanding of hypnosis, which is what the lecture promises, so that you can immediately do the handstick straight afterwards, which again is what the lecture promises, plus learning all of the tools, the techniques, the subtleties, the strategies to make sure that it's a powerful piece of mentalism that you can do in every situation when you can make the decision of buying something based off of that, that's when you're starting to check the boxes. That's when you're starting to meet your needs. And that's where you're gonna already naturally start learning more. And it's filtering out the quality, which is really hard to do in an industry that is so pinpointed against just buying magic for the sake of magic or like really creating magic to sell magic. We owe it to ourselves and our art and to our peers, other magicians and mentalists across the world, not just to create cool magic tricks because they're just cool magic tricks that we can make money from, but instead we're creating good quality magic that'll allow each other to learn, to develop, to grow and to be better performers. Because why on earth we wouldn't want that, I do not know. But that's quite a big depth uh, thing on how should you, like, should you buy magic? Should you learn magic? Let's actually get to the nitty gritties at this point. How can we learn? What techniques, what strategies can we actually implement to doing this? So we've got a couple of be best practices. And I think actually, if you want to jump in to start with, say, imagine we'll put this situation of we're reading a routine in a book. How, what, how do you learn that? I read it. <laughs> no jokes aside <laughs> i uh, i go through read it and and we was actually talking um just off the podcast beforehand about this and it's always asking yourself this one thing like if you guys are avid listeners to this podcast by now you would have developed your performance character we put together a, a whole episode on character once you know your character you know how you're going to perform so when you're learning new material you're asking yourself and this is what we was chatting about beforehand how would i apply this to my character how would I perform this? So as you're learning each step, it's how would I do it? I, I know that some some performers and me included, like I remember I, I bought something from Pro Mystic once. I got the trick through and they sent me the presentation instructions. And I went, I won't be needing them. And uh, I, I still haven't looked at them eight years later. I got the trick and I wasn't. This is exactly what I want to do with this. And I fobbed off everyone else. I was like, why look at their presentations? It's already been done like that. I don't want to perform it how some other guys doing it because they're not me and I'm not them. So that's another way you can learn. 
don't look at the presentation just look at the method and think what can i do with this what cool thing can i do with this and i think this is what you touched on earlier about a couple of people releasing stuff without presentations so doing that and always asking yourself this is cool but how would i do it how can i change this around to suit me how can i make sure it doesn't drift out of my character so there's two little pointers to me from me yeah, I mean, on that, just to, to extend that a little bit further, the power of good questions is phenomenal. So whether you're reading, we'll apply this in a magic context, but but please know that you can use these questions in any form of reading, whether it's reading a, a fiction book, whether it's a non-fiction book, whether it's a set of emails, whether it's a, a report or whether it's an online web article or a bit of newspaper or whatever it is, these techniques apply to all of all of reading but if you can start asking yourself more questions before you start your brain acts like a magnet so it becomes polar opposite so if you ask you're reading a magic book and you think okay what's the method here what's going on at this point how is this being presented what is the performer doing at this point how is my the performer acting you start asking these questions before you start reading the routine or the the essay or whatever it is your brain is going to look for the answers because again we've spoken about it before the mind hates open loops so it will try to answer all of the questions that you give it so why not give yourself four to seven questions and then as you're reading through you're going to pick up on the information faster you're going to pick up on the information on a deeper level and you'll actually understand it better and if you're asking questions like how would my character do this just like ashley mentioned how would i present this or even how would I do this? How would I personally do this? How would I do this in a way that fills me with a bit more joy? What do I like about this? What don't I like about this? Asking these crazy questions, you're going to absorb much more information and it becomes more of a sort of an engaging process. You're actually engaged in the reading and the learning, whereas so often we think we learn passively. Like you sit and watch a lecture and most of the time you hit play and then you just sit and watch and we've all been there that we're checking our phones, we're uh, we're making notes, we're doing a little doodle, we're not fully immersed into what's going on. And this is such an important thing. We need to be asking those questions because we go deeper into the subject. And I, I, there's trivia that works for anything. If you're reading fiction, ask about what the scene is like, ask about who's around what does this person look like how is this person feeling you'll get more involved and emotionally invested into your learning process and the best bit is that you start doing this you're going to get better at it and when you get better at something you build in that habit and you're going to become better and better and better at learning just by asking yourself some questions simple questions and it's really really profound it's something that we both do yeah it's perfect and like you say like the benefit is if if you can start to remember the information that you're reading through going through this process then you won't be getting to like the end of the book the end of the dvd putting it down going away and thinking okay that's it and it's all gone <laughs> like you won't need to read for it again you won't need to waste another hour two hours three hours because it's like already there and you've already got the bits that you want and if you're going through, like, like, obviously I suggested, like, going and looking at the character and that, by the time you get to the end of the DVD, you've already got your routine, you've already got your thing in place. You then won't have to spend more time thinking, that's cool. Now I'll go out and perform it like they do on the DVD. Now I'll slowly adjust it. Like, no, 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 no. Go straight into what you want straight away and start doing it the way you want, the way that works for you.
this is it this is it it streamlines everything um, but what i also particularly enjoy is you've got to make sure that how you're learning magic is actually conducive to your learning style and by that i mean i'm not saying that obviously because some people don't like reading books and things i think we should reading is one of the best things and techniques that we can do to improve our brain and improve our, our minds and everything it's it's a life-changing skill that we can learn so i would advise that everyone still reads books but some people might naturally be more of a visual learner in which case they opt for the dvds or, or vice versa maybe people really struggle watching it but instead they can get really invested into the reading and really applying it and making notes in the book which again I know I just said that, and that's probably going to annoy a huge amount of the listeners, for which there are now thousands upon thousands, because you guys are awesome. You write in your books. Do it. Write in your books. Make notes in the margins. Underline stuff. Squiggle it out. Circle it. Make your notes. Why? Because it's your flipping book. It's your learning. You need to make sure that it's conducive to you. Uh, and you've just got to do it. It's just the easiest way of doing that. And maybe you don't like writing in your books because they're precious or, or because they're sacred items or whatever your excuse might be. Get some little sticky note things, like some little sticky note things that you can stick in your book. And then what I like doing now is some, depending on the book, I actually make the notes as I'm going through in the pages and I index them, uh, which is actually a technique that I learned from Tim Ferriss. He indexes all of his books, like the page number and the, the trigger piece of information that will make him remember it so that, oh, yeah, I know that bit. Or, or he can go straight back to the book to find the page and all of that fun stuff. But if you don't want to do that because the book is particularly rare or particularly precious for whatever reason, whack a little sticky note in there or get a little page or and get a little page and write your page number and your trigger information and just slot that in the front. It only needs to be one page. Just fold it up pop it in the front of the book or, or paperclip it to it. I've seen you do that and it's a genius idea. It's a genius idea, especially if you find like, like you say that one piece of information or even that trick where you think, oh, this is great. Pop, then you're always going to be able to go back to it. I mean, we've spoken about obviously how to learn and how to, you know, adjust things whilst you're learning. But another thing I just thought of is like your actual learning environment. Like what can people do to maximize their uh, their kind of intake when they're learning and I guess some of that is environmental factors and obviously being conscious that uh, you know like you said about the distractions around you if tv if there's noise from family members like they've got the mobile phone I guess one factor is maybe set aside that time turn off your mobile phone but would you say maybe trying to find a space in another room like where you're not sat in bed where you're associating that to like sleep and relax yeah because I know this is something you're like proper into all of this psychology stuff yeah, this is crazy. This is sounds wishy-washy, and I appreciate that it probably will. But this is profound. Studies have shown that if you're like, especially in the whole working from home through the pandemic and all of this kind of stuff, that if you're working in the same environment that you're spending leisure time in, your product productivity goes down. There's also studies that say even just your phone being in sight in your working area makes you twice as stupid. Your IQ halves because your phone is just in the area, whether you're using it or not. I've always wondered why, why I never give good advice on this podcast, Aiden, and that is because my phone is within arm's reach. That's it. There we are, guys. Wow. We've just unhacked. Hashtag. From now on, I'm going to leave it outside of the room so you can get better information on this stuff. 
<laughs> that's hilarious. But it's true. It's There's so many environmental factors that go into our learning. And I think perhaps the one thing that you touched on that's really going to help everybody is scheduling that time to learn. Make it your sacred time. Don't compromise on that for whatever reason. Don't just think, okay, I've got some time now after work. What shall I do? Shut up. Go on then. Let's just pick up a magic book and read for 10 minutes and then get easily distracted. No, schedule that time. Block it in your calendar. Block it in your diary. Make it a ritual. Tell all of your people that you live with and your household, your friends, your family, this is my time for learning my magic. If you have a really, really busy lifestyle and you cannot afford to do things like this, which is a complete lie because everyone has at least half an hour every day for themselves, schedule it. What is it that you do first thing in the morning? Do you want to just read a magic book? Maybe that's your learning thing. Schedule it half an hour every morning. Maybe you, what you actually want to do is Sunday evenings. So from 6 till 8 p.m. on a Sunday evening, you're dedicating and carving out that time to just do your magic learning, to develop your shows, to, to spend it on yourself. And by scheduling it, making it a ritual, making it a habit, you're going to change your environment and make it more sort of suitable for your learning. Um, a quote from The Minimalists, actually, that kind of rings true in this situation as well, though it's a, given in a different context, is you cannot change the people around you, but you can change the people around you. You cannot change the people around you, but you can change the people around you. So you can't change who is in the environment, all of this kind of stuff, who you live with. You can't change all of that. Uh, it, and you, well, you can't change all of those people in, in the sense that they need to be now productivity kings. They also need to be minimalists. They also need to be spending this time to learn themselves. But you can change that environment by giving yourself this sacred time, moving yourself from that environment um, and going from there. But schedule your magic time ask more questions and don't stop learning. It's the easiest way to, to keep learning magic and to learn magic better. Well, talking about scheduling, you actually um, prioritise a lot of stuff before you even start your day. For example, before you even start uh, going to like work, you get up like ridiculously early to make sure you get like the stuff you want to do done, right? Well, yeah, this is 100% it. So this isn't a lifestyle that everybody is suited to, but if you can make it happen, it's profound. So for me, just very quickly, because again, I want to touch on some other points very quickly is that, yes, I'm up 5.30 in the morning. I hit my desk, my working environment for three hours. And that's within the first five minutes of me waking up. I'm up, I'm dressed and I'm at my desk and I'm writing. So I'm spending three hours there committed solely on one thing, write my book write my um, blogs or whatever the case may be in, in a given day. At the minute, I'm focusing heavily on my magic book, um, which you may hear about at some point. But that's it. I'm spending a few hours every day in the morning, first thing. So by eight o'clock in the morning, I've I've done a massive task, a huge unlocking high leverage task for me. I've done it already. And you can do the same with your learning if you want. Say, Okay, if you really want to get up at 5.30 in the morning and you spend an hour, two hours, three hours, however long it might be, to sit with a nice cup of coffee and read your magic book. Or go for a walk somewhere nice and then take a sit and read your magic book. Whatever the case may be, again, we're just using magic book as a heavy example in this, this entire episode because it's just common, but give yourself, carve that time out. And if you can't do it during your day or at the end of your day, do it at the start of your day. Everybody has 30 minutes reading time a day. Everybody. 
whether you're the busiest person in the world or not, you've always got that time. And fun fact for you, if you spend on average about 40 minutes reading a day, at the average reading speed, with the average book size, 40 minutes a day is a book a week, which is 52 books in a year. Just by 40 minutes of reading at an average pace. Then if you go back and learn the meta skills that we spoke about earlier on reading and learning faster, that 40 minutes suddenly becomes multiple books a week. And think, how far in advance would your magic and mentalism career be if you could get 52 books on magic read this year or 52 books on performance craft read this year? It would be profound, literally profound. <clears throat> My mind has exploded. Well, this is it. This is it. Wow. So there's a lot of other stuff there. Obviously, we've gone deep dives on actually how to learn and, and in terms of learning magic, just apply it straight over. You need to prioritize your learning. It's the most important thing that you can do for yourself, for your magic career, for your performances. Just carve out that time. Make sure it's your time. There we are. Wow. <laughs> that, I'm, I'm going to be honest. As soon as you said that fact, Adam, 40 minutes a day is just... That's 52 books a year. I'll be honest, I thought you were still on the phone thing. So uh, <laughs> that's hilarious. I, I, no, I am still blown, <laughs> blown away about the phone thing. And uh, yeah, there we are. Maybe I'm, uh, I'm half as stupid on these podcasts because of that. <laughs> you never know. Wow. You never know. Listeners, tag us, post us, do all of that fun stuff. Is actually stupid because he has a phone. Who knows? Maybe. Well, I, um, I don't really know where to go from that. Um, yeah. Well, I hope you guys uh, obviously take some really useful information that's been shared today and are able to immediately apply that to your learning when you're watching a lecture when you're reading a magic book or even thinking about the things what you want to do and maybe you're able to learn some stuff from Aiden's insane scheduling that's going to help you maybe write that book that you've always wanted to do but as soon as we said this episode I knew it was going to be one that you would you guys would just get so much gold from. I know Aiden's got, as you heard, amazing tips on that. And I know you guys are going to be able to take this and make the actionable steps that you need to transform your learning, which is going to transform your mentalism careers for the better. Anything you want to say before we wrap up today's episode, Aiden? Yeah, I mean... Again, just to really quickly summarize, schedule your learning time, ask questions as you're learning and just never, never stop this. I mean, next week we're going to be talking about a really incredible topic, the topic that we've referenced a few times in the past, but it's a foundational element to, to learning as well. Community. The importance of community in your learning. That's next week's episode. And honestly, it's a big one. It's a great one. And I can't wait. I can't wait. Oh, yeah. I've got plenty of stuff to share on that. But with that in mind, let's wrap up. We'll see you guys next week. And as always, don't forget to screenshot this podcast. Give it a share on social media. Tag us. We'll uh, give you a shout out. We'll engage. Whatever. Uh, at least and we can have a chat with you guys that listen because you guys are incredible for absolutely blowing up our statistics coming to our lectures and just being mad and being here listening to our rambles on this stuff so thank you from the bottom of our hearts and we will see you next week
Hey, it's Aiden here. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, it would really mean the world to us if you just took a moment to leave a rating and a review on your preferred podcast player. That way it just helps us grow the show and get it into the ears of more listeners across the world in a non-creepy way. Also, when you're ready to roll, here are three ways that we can help you right now. Number one is to join our free Facebook group. It's called the Magician's Business Group and we're creating the most valuable space on the internet for entertainers that are looking to grow and improve their business. We'd love you to join us inside. So to do that, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash group and the magic of the internet will take you straight there or just pull open Facebook and search for the Magician's Business Group. Number two is to take our new quiz. It'll help you find the biggest opportunity in your entertainment business right now. And in just a few quick questions, you'll be presented with a seven minute breakdown of your biggest opportunity and how you can actually go about tackling that to help increase your entertainment business and boost it completely. In order to take the quiz, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash quiz. That's thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash quiz, and we'll be able to get you your results. Number three, momentum. If you'd like to make an extra two grand a month in magic without paying a penny for advertising, we'd love to help you. Our latest coaching program, Momentum, is designed to get you booking gigs every single week for at least £500 so that you can be growing your entertainment business without having to worry about websites or business cards or advertising or any of that kind of stuff. To find out more, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash momentum. That's thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash momentum and we'll send you all of the details.